I want you to turn with me to second to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. We're going to get there in just a moment and we'll read it together. But Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." Or where there is no revelation, fresh revelation, the people cast off restraint. The Christian Standard Bible says that without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. I like what Matt Redman said. He said, information may inform the mind, but revelation sets a heart on fire. Isn't that the truth? And we're going to talk tonight about transformation comes through revelation. We've been studying uh, a transformation from 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is a verse that I go to often uh, because I just feel like it's packed with so much. But it says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image that we're looking into from glory to glory. One degree at a time. And we talked about this phrase, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, meaning transitioning in the presence of the Lord every day to look more like him, to be more like him, to reflect him, because we are the gateway through which heaven invades the earth. Some things that we've learned about transformation is that it occurs one act of obedience at a time, one act of surrender at a time. Sometimes we want to move all the way over to here without going through the steps. You know, we um, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's one step. We enter into his courts. We're moving deeper with praise. Then we go into that holy place with worship. And sometimes that's the way it is in our life. We're being changed from one level of glory to another, one degree at a time. Transformation is both a miracle from God and it's the stewardship of man. We play a part in it. Transformation is immediate as well as progressive. We have established the biblical truth that our new life in Christ begins the transformation process. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We talked about that to continue in the transformation, it's going to take discipleship. It's a process. We need one another. Iron sharpens iron. We need the word because his word sanctifies us because it's truth. Um, then to keep growing in spiritual formation and transformation, we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. That's what you're doing tonight. You're doers of the word. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some are. Here you are. So you're being a doer of the word. You're worshiping. You're coming into his house. And then we talked about that spiritual transformation happens through seasons of surrender and learning to abide in his presence. You know, Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. We cannot bear fruit in ourselves, And those uh, branches that don't bear fruit, he takes away. The ones that does, he prunes so that we'll bear more fruit. We can't do anything of ourselves. So tonight we're going to focus on 
transformation that comes through revelation. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 2, if you'll go there with me. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things, plural, that God has prepared for those who love them. But God has revealed them or made them known to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know, again, know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. The old man is dead. We are now a new creation in Christ. We've been washed in the blood. We've been sanctified with truth. And now our part is we have the mind of Christ to renew our mind with the word of God and the things of God, fresh revelation, so that we can be transformed through revelation. Revelation means an uncovering, a removal of the veil, a disclosure of what was previously unknown to us. Revelation of God is God's manifestation of himself to humankind in such a way that men and women can know and fellowship with him. I want to share a couple of um, examples of divine revelation from the word. There's more, but I'm going to just focus on a couple for just a moment. When you look over in Matthew 16, starting with verse 13, Jesus is coming into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples, and he says, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say... Um, uh, Jeremiah or one of the prophets and then he looks at them and he says but who do you say that I am and Simon Peter without missing a beat he looks at Jesus and he said you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus looks at him and says blessed are you Simon Barjonov because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you but my father which is in heaven there are things that cannot be taught. They have to be caught. There comes a point in our walk with God that we have to begin to pursue him and uncover the treasures of the kingdom through the revelation that has been given to us. This revelation that came to Peter, Jesus goes on and says to him, you're right. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And because of this revelation on this rock, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. And because you've went this far, you've been willing to uncover by digging deep, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. 
which is power and authority. So whatever you bind on earth is gonna be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is gonna be loosed in heaven. We have that same privilege tonight because we know God. So the second example is found in Luke 24. We find the account of Cleopas and the other disciple. They're on the road to Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They're walking along and they're talking about what has transpired. Jesus sees them. They're, they're, they're kind of uh, in shock and in awe because uh, they've heard all about uh, the death and resurrection. And now they know that the women have went to the tomb and Jesus is not there, but he's risen like he said. He's shown himself to some. And they're walking along and Jesus joins them and he, like, and he says to them, what, what's happening? What's going on? Of course he knows. But it also says in verse 16 that he, he um, doesn't allow their eyes to, he keeps their eyes from recognizing him in that moment. So they walk along and they're talking. Jesus is conversing with them, asking them questions, speaking into them. They get to Emmaus and, and uh, it's getting late and he acts like he's going on further and Cleopas and the other disciples says, stay with us, it's late. Come in, break bread. And when they go in to break bread and Jesus breaks bread and they're sitting at the table together, it says then their eyes were opened. They had a revelation you know you can sit in church all your life and not have a revelation? It's not on God's part because he said, blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. He said, if you pursue me, you come after me, you seek me, you're gonna find me. You're gonna find me. So revelation is right before us. And they said to one another after Jesus vanished, did not our hearts burn within us? We didn't have the full understanding, but there was something happening down inside. Oh, that our hearts would burn within us to the point that we would crave and seek after God and his word until revelation floods our soul. Paul prays over the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, a prayer that I encourage you to pray often. I pray it often over my own life, over this church, when I go speak places. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us that believe. It is the spirit of God in us that was deposited in us at our new birth, that reveals to us the deep things of God, that reveals to us the nature of God, the heart of God, the will of God. Now we know there's other ways that he also reveals himself, but it's the spirit at work in us. In him we live, say it with me, we move and we have our being. 
John 6, 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. How often do we pray for more faith, more anointing, more of the Lord in our life, when what we need to pray is a fresh revelation of who God already is in us and what he's already given to us. Did you catch that? That's something you have to catch. That's something I can't teach you. There comes a point when, when we have to move from asking what's already been giving to revelation of what's already ours. We already have it. And listen to this, Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Blessed be the God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus, every, say that with me, every. He, 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 he is telling us that every spiritual blessing is already ours. Andrew Walmack puts it in this context. These are not blessings to be sought after, but rather blessings to be discovered and enjoyed. We have, we who have put our faith in Christ are not headed to a victory, we are coming from a victory that has already been accomplished. He already made an open show of the enemy on the cross. Yes, we have battles. But the enemy knows he's defeated. We just have to know it. We have to grab a hold of it. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. Not only has he blessed us with every spiritual blessing, but he's given us the keys to the kingdom, power and authority. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So God, give us a revelation of what we have. Over in 2 Peter 1 and 3, he tells us that his divine power has given us everything we need to live a life of godliness. Here's the key. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, I want us to stop. There's a song that's um, uh, really a prayer. Y'all may have to help me carry this, Deb, because I kind of fight my throat issues once in a while. Um, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 
Make this your prayer. Want to see you. I want to see you. Isn't that powerful? That's our prayer tonight. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed, is made known from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We need a fresh revelation of who God is in us, in this land, in this world. May the Holy Spirit tonight open our understanding and put a craving in us to go after the deep things of God. His word instructs us to grow in the knowledge of God. In 2 Peter, when this apostle is giving his final remarks, he said, you beloved, Stand fast in, in, in the faith that you're not led away with the error of the wicked. And then he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then over in Colossians 1 and 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This knowledge moves us from head to heart. It's experiential. It's not that I've just heard it, that it's something that I've, I, I've heard from my mom or my grandma or from someone in this church. That's where it starts. It starts with the seed, the seed of the word, the seed of the testimony. But then it begins to move from here to here because I begin to walk in the knowledge of what has been revealed to me. At some point, we're growing in the grace and in the knowledge of God. We're not just hearing it, but we're doing it. And because we're hearing it and and we're doing it, then we're experiencing levels of God's glory and goodness and his nature is being revealed to us and we're seeing things in a whole different light. It'll change everything about the way that you live, about the way that you worship, the way that you talk, the choices that you make when you're aware of who lives inside of you and how great he is, how good he he is, how holy he is, how majestic he is. The apostle Paul said, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Nothing else compares. Put away the wine of the world. Put away all the perversion. Put away all the things that are excessive in this life. I don't need them. Just give me him. Just give me God. That's where my joy is. That's where my peace is. That's where my excitement is, is in him. Bill Johnson made a very provoking statement. And I pray this is something you catch. Faith will explore what revelation reveals. Faith will explore what revelation reveals. 
you have to exercise your faith according to the knowledge that you have heard. That's where revelation is found. And let me give you a couple of examples personally. Until I let go of the shoreline, until I let go of my fear of what people thought about my worship, until I quit worrying about what other people's opinions were and my lack of um, uh, uh, timing, all of those things, and what people were going to perceive me as, I did not experience the depths of God's glory and presence in my life until the day that I stepped out in the aisle under the unction of the Holy Spirit and I said, Lord, I surrender. And literally the moment that I did that, the Spirit of God hit my feet and I danced in rhythm from one side of the church to the other and I have not been able to stand still since then. But there came a point when my faith had to explore the revelation of what I knew to the word that I should clap my hands, I should learn to shout with a voice of triumph, I should dance in him. It isn't about a church of God doctrine or what someone else thinks. I just begin to explore the revelation of the word according to my faith and everything is changed. The, the goodness of God begin to be bigger. His greatness begin to be magnified. There have been times when I have been in my car or been alone and just his overwhelming presence will bring tears that will flow that, that cannot be stopped or quenched because of letting go of the shoreline. I could have stayed along the edge all along, but somewhere my faith had to meet the revelation of what I knew, the knowledge of what I knew. It's happening for all of us. We're in a different season. We're in a stretching season. There came a point in my life when I had heard since a child about tithing, about giving. I would hear the testimonies. You can't outgive God. And, and until I begin to sow my seed as a young girl off of everything that I made. I would never have experienced how true that was. There have been some hard times and some lean times, but we learned to tithe before we ever got together. It's never been a question. And there have been times when God has challenged our faith to go deeper, to sow more, to do this. And had we not obeyed, we would not know the goodness of God like we know it today. You have to let your faith be exercised and experienced Explore the knowledge that you have so you can go deeper. We cannot go off of other people's experience all the time. Though I love watching people be blessed. But somewhere, God is dealing with all of us that we would stretch and go deeper in some form, some fashion. I don't know all the ways that he is, but I know that he is. He's calling us to abandon what's comfortable and to go out deeper. We know that we can go out to our ankles. We can stay on the shore. We can go to our knees. We can come to our waist or we can get out and we can swim in the deep waters. 
but God wants to reveal himself to his church. And I want to tell you something, that when you start getting fresh revelation from the word, I'm not talking about off the wall stuff. I'm talking about things that are concrete in his word that are yes and amen. And you begin to let your faith explore those things. And you go to depths and facets of the glory of God that is revealed in your life. You will not settle for the shore ever again. And when the church begins to go deeper, when the church begins to explore through your own faith, you're gonna lay aside the wine of the world. You're not gonna be pulled into every wind of doctrine that is going on in our world today. You're not gonna be a part of everything that doesn't bring glory to God, that hurts his heart. Because you're gonna have a revelation of who he is. And everything that you do is gonna be done out of his love and his power and his anointing. And you're gonna want him to be glorified and the church to be edified. You're gonna want your family and your children and your grandchildren to have that kind of experience because it's not a religion. It's a relationship. Divine revelation will bring a shifting in your life and move you from strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory. That in-between place for every single one of us is a place of challenge. It's a place of trial. It's a hard place. It's a lonely place. You can be married, and when you're going in that in-between place, it's you and God. It's where the rubber meets the road. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your mom or your dad can't do it for you. There comes a point when you have to get alone with God, get face to face with God, and get real with God. And he wants to reveal himself to every one of us. He wants us to plumb the depths of his glory. He wants us to walk in anointing and power and authority with the keys to the kingdom that we have been given. So that we begin to come in alignment with his word, call things into alignment with his word, even our prodigals, even sons and daughters that are wayward. God, you promised, you brought them to us, you gave them to us, the word is in them. We're calling them back, we're calling them into alignment with your word, we're believing that you're going to put kingdom people in their path that's going to speak life over them. And then when you have the opportunity, you speak into someone's prodigal. Revelation. The Bible said in Psalms 103.7 that Israel knew the acts of God. But Moses knew God. Israel saw and, and partook of the manna, the water from the rock. But Moses saw God face to face. We have to move from just knowing the ways of God, that's where it starts, to knowing God, to pursuing him, to seeking after him. Exodus 33 and 11 says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
there are several ways that God speaks to us, that reveals himself to us. But I'm gonna tell you that I am gonna stop here because I feel to. But I wanna ask a couple of questions and then I'm gonna finish this up next week and we're gonna pray for one another tonight because it's strong on my heart to do that. And I'm gonna talk about the ways because I feel like I'm unloading a lot of meat. But I wanna ask who is ready for divine revelation tonight? Who's ready to go deeper than where you are? I'm gonna give you some scriptures that you can pray. Psalms 24, four and five says, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day long. Moses prayed in Exodus, show me your ways that I may know you. Psalms 143 and 8, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Over in John 14, it says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. God wants to reveal himself to his people. It's not a select few. It's not the preachers. And, and besides that, all of you are preachers. You say you're no preacher, but still you do preach. A powerful sermon each day. The acts of your life are the things that you teach. It's not just the things that you say. We're all ministers of reconciliation. Every single one of us need to be so full of the anointing and power of God because we are a representative of God. We're the gateway for the glory of God that if we're somewhere outside of this church and someone needs to find Christ or they need healing, you can pray for them. You don't have to call for someone else. You carry that anointing. And God wants to reveal himself to the church. He wants you to know him in the power of his resurrection. He wants you to know the treasures of the kingdom. He wants it to be so much so in you that you found a field with a treasure in it and you're willing to go sell everything that you have to come and buy that field because you know what it contains. He's calling the church to shift. He's calling the church to align with his word. He's calling the church out of the comfort zone. There are things that are not, I know people think you're, you're, you're outgoing, it's easy for you. No, no, no. There's a lot of things that I have to do by faith that takes as much courage for me as it does for you. We all live on the same block. Every single one of us, we fight the same devil. We have battles. Every single one of us are in a struggle of some sort, but we all serve a God that has defeated death, hell, and the grave and has given us the keys to the kingdom. Our part is, is that we've got to begin to apply our faith to the knowledge of what we already know. We keep wanting God to do more and do this and do that. And he's saying, apply your faith to what you already know and let me show you things you've not seen yet. And then I'll move you into deeper depths and higher heights. 
before we go into the Holy of Holies, we need to go right into his gate with thanksgiving. We got to start there. And then we move on into those courts of praise. And then we begin to taste and see of the goodness of God. And it, we're just not satisfied. We, we just can't stop there. And we want more. And so we begin to open the word. And we begin to see the nature of God. That mountains melt like wax in the glory of God. In the face of God. And he begins to melt those mountains. The closer we get to the heat of the throne room. And we begin to see in our life that he begins to restore and heal the broken places. And it makes us crave for more. He's calling us deeper. Yes. 